Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 43. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday. Steelers Nation been a busy last 24 hours for Dave, myself, for the entire site. Reason why this episode is coming out later than what you guys are probably used to is because we wanted to wait for the Mike Tomlin press conference held on Monday because of the Thursday game with Dave, we're here to talk about the team's 20 to 10 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, Pittsburgh dropping to four and three. Now a very bunched up and competitive AFC North and a lot to dive into Dave. but how you doing? Uh, I had to delight us to warm up my pipes for the gloom, despair and agony ah, on yes. me, but uh, I'll, I'll spare the folks, man. We got a lot to uh, get to uh, today. And obviously this is a short week, but it's a good thing. It's a short week too, because it's, it's going to be uh, good to get this game uh, on, on Sunday against the Jaguars behind us as, as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, the all 22 still hasn't dropped yet. So we don't have much, uh, uh, more than the TV tape to go through at this point, but uh, where would you like to start post Mike Tomlin Monday? Uh, it's a great question, Dave. I guess we'll let's just start with an injury recap and then we'll go into the game because there's two very important injury situations for us to discuss. The two notable injuries suffered in yesterday's loss was to Minka Fitzpatrick, the right hamstring, Mike Tomlin ruling him out for the Titans game Thursday. No timetable beyond that, but on the short week, really no surprise that Minka Fitzpatrick will not play. And of course, Kenny Pickett suffering a rib injury late in the first half of that loss to Jacksonville. Tomlin calling Pickett a game-time decision for Thursday's game. How he practices on Wednesday will go a long way in determining who will start this game. If it's not Pickett, it'll be Mitch Trubisky, and so we're just kind of in limbo right now for who the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback will be for week number nine. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you're not going to have much practice to to evaluate. So uh, can can he grip it, rip it, or or or, or can't he? Uh, I, I, you know, I think that's what what it kind of comes down to. You know, he obviously put his helmet back on and gave the appearance that he might give it a give it a go after halftime there uh, against the Jaguars. But uh, lo and behold, he you know he must have been in pretty good pain for him uh, uh, not to go back in that game. And Mitch took took over at that point. So. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin made sure to, to, to say that Wednesday will play a big part in this decision. And you have to wonder, you know, how, how strenuous of a practice will that be? I, I think it just can't, can you throw it? And are you mm-hmm. in, how much pain are you in? And, and, and that will probably be the guideline and, uh, really sad about Minka and man, when he went down to non-contact, no, nothing just looked like somebody shot him in the back of the leg. And uh, down he went, and obviously he's not going to make it back. And Mike Tomlin didn't shed shed any light on past uh, Thursday. So uh, obviously, if they think it's going to be, you know, long term, he would he would go on IR. But uh, such a decision on that would probably, if you want this next game to count, I, I believe would probably have to be made by uh, Thursday uh, mm-hmm. mid midday or something like that. So. You know, stay tuned as far as that goes. I think other than that, even though there were a lot of people going to the blue tent and people banged up and in and out of the game, it, 
uh, other, 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 other than that, how did you enjoy the play? You know, mm-hmm. uh, right. uh, kind of, kind of situation there to lose, uh, two of your, you know, you, uh, unquestionably one of the most important pieces, uh, on your defense and, and your starting quarterback. All in a loss as well, which just makes it uh, all the worse there. I'm sure we'll talk about the quarterback situation as we kind of go through this game and start taking a quick eye towards Thursday versus Tennessee. Just a quick note on injuries coming into this game. Cornerback Levi Wallace, the most notable one, did not uh, dress due to the foot injury. Joey Porter Jr. and James Pierre uh, dressing also Darius Rush, getting his first uh, action in uniform as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Cam Hayward, Anthony McFarland not activated over the weekend. Mike Tomlin saying those guys will be under consideration for Thursday's game. Pittsburgh still has a 52-man roster in uh, in the situation right now, so they only had that four inactives for that Jacksonville game. So that's just kind of a quick lay of the land in terms of the injury situation. Obviously, not great for Pittsburgh, especially, as you said, with Mika Fitzpatrick out this game and given hamstring injuries. Who knows? But it could be longer than just one game. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed there, because uh, uh, and, and 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 they certainly missed him in 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 that game against the. Uh, you missed those eleven tackles, didn't you? <laughs> right, you didn't know how good you had it. <laughs> we, I said we, I wanted to make it have fewer tackles, not not this way though. Yeah, yeah, that's not the way that 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 you wanted them to have fewer tackles for sure. And uh, all right, uh, where to from here now? Well, let's just jump into the game again. Twenty to ten loss. Pittsburgh now four and three on the season. And I said the comment today, Dave, and it's almost it's frustrating to watch this team just because a losing in general is frustrating. But I think it's doubly frustrating in Pittsburgh. The conversations are just the same. I I'm trying to think about like what new angle, what new refreshing comment can I add about this team? It's the same thing every single week. Stagnant offense. They can't produce defense. To you know, keeps them in the game. Keeps the score down get some takeaways, keeps the offense in the game. They allow some big plays as well. It's just rinse repeat in terms of this game versus the others. And really the difference just comes down to how the team looks in the fourth quarter, how the offense looks in the fourth quarter. So at this point, I mean, I'm not even sure what, what else there is to say other than to repeat the things we've said for seemingly the entire season. Yeah, I hate to play Debbie Downer here at the top of this thing, but uh, look, it 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 you know I, I I speak from the heart. It is what it is, but uh, uh, and and I know in 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 that in the Steeders facility, they probably think, all right, if we can get this right, if we could get you know, they probably still firmly believe they can uh, uh, maneuver this thing to 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 a playoff spot. And look, at 4 and 3, you're definitely not out of it at this point. But I think if you take a realist look at the the, the at this team right now, what you've seen on tape so far, uh I don't I don't see how you can think that it's going to get much better. Now look, the de- to the defense's credit, while while it hasn't looked pretty uh for most of the season they are holding people down on the scoreboard so there is that uh they have obviously pulled out four wins uh kind of smoke and mirrors they ran out of smoke and they ran out of mirrors uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh against the jaguars there it's just and look, you know, here, here, you know, as, as we start to get into this, they they left some plays on the table on offense, especially early in this game, especially in the first half of this game. Uh, now, are there enough plays uh, there to be made in general? Probably no. Uh, w- would be the answer to that. But they're they're leaving plays out there that they should make. It just it goes back to kind of what I said, you know, several weeks ago. It just, it feels like the game plan is just. Uh, 
Just hang around. Mm-hmm. Yo, Ben, don't break on defense. Wait for somebody to make a huge, huge play. Uh, and then uh, turn it over to the fourth quarter and hopefully hopefully Kenny can put a drive or two together and 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 and, and pull out the victory here. And then today, Mike Tomlin informs us that uh, well, those, we appreciate the turnovers. We just want better turnovers. <laughs> right. Can you imagine asking yeah. more? You guys got three takeaways, but can you guys do a bit more defensively? Like yeah. how about the offense do a little bit more? Dave? Yeah. How about tell Demonte Casey not to run, uh, you know, True. not, not to take that ball out of the end zone for starters, you know, uh, uh, little things like that. Uh, but look, you know, once again, they, they are keeping the score down, but it, that that's their, that's their method of, of, of trying to win ball games. Ben don't break on defense. Get, get hope, hope the opposition drops a few. Cause look, Jacksonville dropped a few passes in this game. They missed some opportunities in this game that they're, they're going to draw up on the whiteboard and talk about in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the meeting room here. And Trevor Lawrence gave him a gift in the end zone there. Now you did have some, some nice plays by Nick Herbig forcing a turnover and, uh, uh, who was a Landon Roberts, uh, 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 force uh, Quan Alexander or Quan that one out. Yeah. Quan Alexander popping that one out on, on, on the shovel, uh, uh, shovel play there. But, uh, uh, but now, now we learned that though we appreciate those they are not good enough though, you know, and that, that can't, that can't be the mindset, man. Uh, you know, if your offense is not built, you know, if you, if you, if, if your offense isn't, isn't built to be, to, to be teed up whenever they get a turnover, then do something about the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, this, this defense is being asked to drag this offense along and, and be an anchor. And the defense has its issues. The run defense has been poor. They've allowed too many big plays, communication bust, but I mean, it's hard, obviously, in yesterday's example, to really pin that on the defense. You hold a good Jacksonville team to 20 points, you get three takeaways, you bend but don't break, force them to settle for 50-yard field goals in the rain at Acrisure Stadium. That's generally a winning formula, except when your offense scores 10 points. Right, right. So, I mean, I I, I knew going into the season, Pittsburgh was going to be a high-floor type of team. That's the team they were trying to build of, let's, you know, just be competitive, let's get a wild-card spot, get a lottery ticket in the playoffs, and you never know what could happen there. But I didn't think it'd be in this kind of situation right now, how how fragile this team is. And just overall, there's just no margin for error. And I know, right. you know, turnovers in the NFL, they're always killers and those things often define games. But I've, you know, talked about the stat a couple of times, including today, that this team cannot afford to turn the ball over once, not even turnover differential. They were essentially plus two in turnover differential. I don't know what the talk stat was, probably more it favored Jacksonville than Pittsburgh there but you know point is when this team gives the ball away at all they just don't win games they have to play perfectly clean football and that's tough to do you know long term so the question we've had for the last couple weeks you and I Dave is sustainability can Pittsburgh sustain is this a model where you can be four and two and continue to build off of and Sunday was the example that shows maybe it's not especially when you only create one explosive play on offense one one and that was the touchdown to George Pickens, and even that doesn't come if he doesn't, you know, make his way through those uh, uh, two defenders on that play there. So uh, uh, you've got, you know, and look, I know explosive plays across the NFL probably down overall, but you still got to have them in games. And Jacksonville still registered what they registered five or six of them uh, yesterday, and that ended up that along with now. Look, you you can say how 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 uh, how important was that last you know, turnover by Mitch Trubisky, they all count, 
you know, but the, the, the talk score, they didn't do a good enough in the talk stat overall. And they still mm-hmm. had three takeaways in the game and, and had, they had a couple of more explosive plays. Maybe this is uh closer than a 10 point game uh, overall. And look, yeah. Uh, well with that, you know, let, let's pause for just a moment and address the elephant in the room because everybody, everybody probably saying, well, you, you, you diving into this thing. What about the officiating yesterday? Yeah, it wasn't good. I don't, we're not going to try to explain it away. I thought the end of the second half or the end of the, the first half, the final two minutes was a mess. And, you know, still a lot of questions about that offsides. I never even heard that call before, Dave, on a field goal offsides right. on, on the kicking team there. I thought they just miscommunicated that when they first announced it, just, you know, forgot to say false start or something uh, like that. But that apparently is the, the actual rule. Whether or not it was actually enforced correctly is a totally different discussion. So the refs did Pittsburgh no favors, um, but Pittsburgh did themselves no favors. And from my standpoint, you can talk about the refs all day long. It's a lot of wasted breath energy. There's nothing you can do about it, nothing you can build upon the way that you can with a, a team and the current players that you have and the scheme that it exists in. So my focus is always on the players, but certainly the refs seem to be subpar on a subpar day in Pittsburgh for the Steelers. Yeah, look, they definitely got the short end in the stick uh, of the stick. You, you start early with, and you know, I, I, that James Pierre breakup on the pass interference, mm-hmm. you know, how, late flag too. What yeah, a late flag. Yeah. Uh, that, that seemed kind of ticky tack, uh, for, for sure. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the hit on, on Lawrence. Okay. If you're going to call that, then Kenny Pickett definitely deserved yeah. a, a, a reciprocal on that. Either you're going to call it like that or, 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 or you're not. And, uh, you know, so, so that, you know, th- that's another set that went against them there. Uh, the, the offside, I, I can't remember, you know, uh, I, I can't ever remember, especially when it comes to the Steelers, anything being called like that. Mike Thomas said in his 17 years of, of being a, a head coach, he, you know, he's, he's, he's never seen that. You had Mike Pereira, uh, chiming in that, that says really essentially that's not called, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, in that situation. And then, you know, depending on what screenshots that you want to look at and, you know, look, you never know what exact angle, you know, some people say it was the Jaguars guy offside. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's so hard to tell from all the angles and we're probably never going to get a perfect look exactly right down the line, uh, to know for sure. Uh, was, uh, say head up over, over the football? Yes. But, uh, you know, now at some point we're going to have to go through, we're going to be watching all this stuff and being saying, well, look, they, they didn't call it here, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. I, I I'm willing to bet that that could be called on a, a, a every more than, field goal, ever. More, more than couple, more than a couple of times, you know, uh, even a game probably when it, when it, when it comes to that. So did, was that three points they should have had? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I, I believe that for sure. Uh, how much would that have changed the complexion of the game? Who knows, you know, uh, but officiating definitely went against the Steelers. I, I believe in this game, but on the flip side, I think you got to, got to go back to the fact that they, they, they did leave some plays on the table, uh, in this thing. Uh, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, especially early in what, and what's up with Thomas saying, you know, uh, plays early in the game, 
don't really affect the outcome or, or what was his direct quote on that? I mean, I, I, I get what, what he's mm-hmm. kind of trying to say, but when you've got an offense that hasn't been producing those anyways, and you get an, get an opportunity to make them, those, those could have been some big plays there. That, that first pass to Deontay Johnson and put whatever, uh, blame that you want to put on can, can you split half the blame on that between Pickett's got to drop, you know, put that ball a little bit lower. Uh, can you put half the blame on, on Johnson got two hands on it needs to come down with it. Sure. Whatever way you, I don't care where you want to put the blame on it, make the damn play. Uh, Cause it was there to be made. And who knows, does he go to the end zone on that? We'll never know. Uh, you, you know, you had, uh, another play over there to the to to, to the right where where Pickett scrambles and, and hits Deontay uh, there. Now was there a penalty on that play or or not? I believe that there was a penalty. All yes. right, all right, but but uh, uh, and then you had kind of the snag uh, concept o- over on the other side where Pickett uh, Pickens got separation and and Kenny's got to I, I don't Kenny's got to put that ball on him somehow. Uh, there there was enough separation there that that ball's got to get to Pickens in that situation. Sure. Uh, and then you fast forward to the, uh, 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 later on in, 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 in the second quarter, uh, uh, put whatever blame you want to put on, uh, on, on Pickett or Deontay Johnson in that situation there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of view it as, 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 as Pickett thinking, uh, Pickett thinking Deontay should have, uh, throttled down. I think Deontay said as much in, in, in his post game presser and, uh, Johnson saying he, he got to me a little bit late. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not here to, to, to hyper-focus on that right just this minute, especially mm-hmm. until I see the all 22, just make the damn play. It's been the theme of the season. Just make the play and they have not made the play. Yeah. Tomlin has said in the past, cause he gets asked about it every single week and rightfully so that, that bad starts don't define you. They don't define the game, which is true. But they sure help. A good start would be nice to have mm-hmm. just to test that out for once. But and, and listen, I mean, honestly, this game, you know, was on execution. The plays were there, as you said, for the taking. It was less of, to me, on first watch, at least a play calling issue, a schematic issue. They're just not capitalizing so many missed chances. And, you know, it's funny. Deontay was the guy who had just said a couple of days ago that they got to get off to fast starts. It's got to be their mentality, put more effort in the fast starts. And he has as, as bad of a start as anybody. Now he bounced back and he had a, a good game after that first quarter overall. And so credit to him for that. But again, this offense has scored seven points in the first quarter in seven games. They've had one touchdown. That's it. And the entire night, not first drive, first quarter, they, the defense has as many touchdowns in the first quarter of the season as the offense does one apiece. And I mean, that's just not winning football obviously overall so you're always playing from behind and that just goes back to my comment earlier that we're just talking about the same darn thing every single game slow starts defense trying to keep a minute make some splash plays offense hopefully figures it out late obviously did not happen in this game so i mean what did baldy say today groundhog day that's the, the perfect way to describe this team is they are just in a groundhog day every single sunday every single game day where it's the same story each time and they can't possess the football for nothing, can they? You know, uh, and they can't get the, you know, even though the, the defense only gave up 20 points in total uh, in this game, how many how many drives of the uh, uh, of the Jaguars went to the Steelers 32 or, 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 or deeper? It looks like one, two, three, four. Their first five did. Their first six did, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
seven, seven in total went uh, uh, to the Steelers, 32 or deeper, and only two of the Jaguars' possessions uh, ended on their side of the field. Yeah, it's funny that Jacksonville ran 65 plays, Pittsburgh ran 64, <laughs> and yet Jacksonville won the time of possession battle by about nine minutes. I mean, you'll probably never see that that type of stat. Now, I know, obviously, in the game, Pittsburgh, you know, some garbage time stuff in there gets factored in. But point being, and I repeated the stat last week and saying it in a win, I'll say the stat because it still applies this time in a loss, that in all seven games of the season, Pittsburgh has had less or fewer yards plays some scrimmage and first downs than their opponent in every single game in all three categories. They've not outproduced the opponent in any of those columns. And the fact this team's four and three, despite that is in a way incredible. Right. Right. Uh, and look, uh, uh, say what you will about the defense, but, uh, if you take the penalty plays out, uh, Trevor Lawrence was nine for nine on third downs for a hundred and some yards, uh, overall, now not all those were converted into first downs, but uh, he was nine for nine on third down. A lot of those were converted to third down. Was Jacksonville on third down in this game? I know Pittsburgh was again atrocious, believe three of twelve in this game on third down. Uh, the Jaguars were six of thirteen. Yeah, that's all. Pittsburgh three of twelve. They're seven of twenty-four on third down the last two weeks. That's sub thirty percent. That's not sustaining drives. That's why you're losing time of possession. That's why your defense is is absorbing so many snaps early in games, and it's this big domino effect. And you look at the raw stats. The Steelers averaged four point one yards uh, per play, but uh, what was that prior to the final uh, hmm. final drive? You know, or or, or or final two drives when basically the the, the, the game's over at that point. So uh, even you know the stats obviously can lie to you in certain aspects. I mean, look, you 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 know the turnover battle ended up being what three to two when it was all said and done. Yeah, the last one. Uh, uh, came, came, uh, 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 very, very late there and all, but, uh, they, and they had zero running game once again. I mean, they, they, right. they can't, you know, the games, games that they can run, they can't pass, you know, uh, uh, kind of thing. So, uh, just like you said, when we're talking about, you know, just put on two weeks ago mm-hmm. pod, podcast and, 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 and you probably have this one here and, uh, until they get some continuity or until they start making some plays on offense specifically early in the game, it's going to be the same thing. Can the defense hold them down? Can they get it into a one score situation in the fourth quarter and, 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 and get a defensive play and let, let, let the offense kind of, uh, uh, put something together late to 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 maybe win the ball game. It's the same old story. When you have no running game and you turn the ball over the way that Pittsburgh did, you have really no chance to win the game. Their formula is they have to run the ball effectively, efficiently. That's what they did against the Rams. They had the most successful run rate in, in, in football of that week of week number seven, and they took care of the football overall. So, I mean, Pittsburgh doesn't do that. They missed opportunities. I don't know what it's going to take it to get Deontay Johnson in the end zone. This guy's been missing out just, you know, so many things that have just not worked out in his favor over the past, you know, season and a half. So I don't know where to take it from here, Dave. Um, you know, you talk about quarterback play, you know, I thought Kenny Pickett was, you know, they didn't produce, but again, I thought there was just some things, some receivers missed on, but some things that Pickett missed on as well. And that one Trubisky comes in, you know, I Trubisky to me, there's some talent there. But YOLO, just, YOLO, YOLO ball. He's, YOLO a YOLO, ball. He's, he's a YOLO guy. He's a, he's a gunslinger. And that can work maybe for some systems in some circumstances. Not in Pittsburgh, Dave. They can't turn the ball over. Pittsburgh literally cannot turn the ball over and expect to win games. 
numbers bear that out. And I, I, I know that if Pickett does not play, that Trubisky will start. That, to me, is not in dispute, not in question for really a second. But I had the article this morning talking about, is Mason Rudolph the better option? I know it's hypothetical. I know it's wasted breath. But I think it's at least worth pointing that out because there is a discussion about who this team's quarterback will be. And even if Trubisky is the starter, which he will be if Pickett does not play, he's got to take care of the football. And I think in his DNA, he just wants to take shots. He wants to be aggressive, you know, make the big play. And in Pittsburgh, that is not how this team wins. No, it's not. And and I, I do think it's wasted breath when you talk about Rudolph. I mean, you know, the only and, and Mike Tomlin confirmed today that obviously if 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 Kenny Pickett can't play Thursday night, uh Mitch 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 is gonna play. They're paying him eight million dollars this year. Sure. Uh Art Art Rooney ain't gonna let that sit and hold a uh uh hold hold the clipboard uh uh if 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 Pickett can't go. He's just not. Uh, now I'm not saying it's all his, 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 but it's just a mindset that they're going to have in this thing. He, he's going to be their backup quarterback unless he's in, unless he's injured, you know, uh, it look, uh, and, and I don't know, obviously how marketable Mason Rudolph is it I, a, I don't think a team wants to go out there and take over what what's remaining of, of Mitch Trubisky's salary. Maybe, maybe there is, you know? I mean, the deadline's tomorrow. They don't right. know who the quarterback's going to be. They're not, they're not doing anything. Right. With I don't care what the offer is. You know? Right. I, I, I'm more thinking about, man, <laughs> I was thinking, I wonder how Mason Rudolph would look in purple. You oh, know? they're Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, they, they lost Kirk cousins mm-hmm. and all like that. I wonder if he could do, do, do some of the things that they asked Kirk cousins to do, which is pretty much stand in the pocket, right. <laughs> which, which, which right. is what uh, Mason pretty much does there. But anyway, that, that, that's a whole different uh, uh, conversation. Alex, I wonder when the last time that Allen Robinson, the second had an air yards target of 32 yards or longer <laughs> down the field. That wasn't a hell Mary. Yeah. Maybe when he was playing for Jacksonville, maybe the last thought it's the last time you saw it. You know, of all people to be okay. I mean, I understand, you know, concepts are concepts and guys have, but, uh, and then to throw that thing in the, you know, in, in the three people like that. I mean, when you could just check it down and look, I wrote in my, in my, uh, uh, five keys for this thing, you know, you go into this game in Jacksonville. Now look, it, 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 there's probably some garbage time or there is some garbage time in there. Uh, uh, and, uh, the Jaguars came into this game allowing the most receptions to opposing running backs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had to know that they were going to do what they could, could, could do to keep a lid on things overall. They're mostly a zone uh, based defense. And as, as, as things turned out uh, a lot of cloud coverages on, on, on George Pickens, they weren't going to let George Pickens, uh, you know, beat them. And Lord knows they didn't just one catch for, for the 20 something yards in the touchdown there. Uh, I thought, you know, Deontay obviously got off to a rough, very, very rough start in this game. Uh, but you know, he, he evened out at least, I think, uh, you know, as the game went on, you know, not a lot, a lot of nice sideline catches and all, but there were there. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the all 22 will show us that there were probably instances where check downs would have been a profit in, in mm-hmm. this game and would have helped move, move the chains. And you went into this game with Najee Harris having just eight overall uh, rece- receptions. Uh, Jalen's obviously caught the ball, what, 20, had, had caught 20-something passes, I think, le- heading into this game. And if they were going to give you that, you know, why, why, why didn't you take it more? And, you know, even Trubisky. Well, they, they caught, what, nine passes, I think? Yeah, but, but how, five of them came in the last three minutes of the game. Sure. Sure. Understood. 
Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, you look at, you look at, you look at the stats after the fact it's okay. Yeah. They threw to the backs, but they didn't when it, when it mattered. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I get that. I mean, I've advocated for that. I wrote about that with Harris at the bye. He had, you know, five catches in five games. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh wasn't running a ton of plays until the very end. They kind of lopped on like, probably, mm-hmm. you know, 10 or 15 plays a garbage time there. I mean, I, I made the, the point last week that obviously this passing offense has to run through Johnson and Pickens. Those are your top two guys, but they got to get something from somebody else. I mean, they got nothing from anybody else. The backs caught checkdowns. They went nowhere. I had the stat over the last two weeks. Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin have played 109 snaps. I don't know exactly how many routes that is. You can probably call it 75, you know, routes or something. They've caught three passes for 26 yards. And Austin's both of his catches came in the, in garbage time that last drive against Jacksonville. So essentially throw that stuff out. Robinson had, Robinson had the big catch against the Rams. That was it. So you're getting nothing from a lot of your guys. Your tight ends aren't involved. But Darnell Washington playing 10 snaps in this game. I didn't even realize that until you tweeted that. And I think Tomlin was asked about that. Um, don't know exactly what the the rationale for that was. So you're just getting nothing from those guys. Pickens gets taken away. You're left with Johnson. That's all you have. And I mean, that's just not good enough. Yeah. They, you know, they tried to get the ball a little bit to, 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 to Connor Hayward in this game, but, uh, uh, they're not getting any, 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 any legitimate production out of their tight end position still with Pat Firemuth out. It's probably not going to change when it comes to that. And they, and, and they damn sure couldn't run yesterday. You know, uh, mm-hmm. heck, I mean, I, I know that the total says something like what 70 something total yards, but your quarterbacks had what 20, 28 of those on scrambles or whatnot. And, and, and also, I mean, if you look at just the, the running backs overall, uh, I mean, damn, Najee averaged what one point something yards per care. I mean, successful run rate was super, super low, uh, overall. Let's see what, what did Najee had? Najee had, uh, 13 yards on seven carries, 1.9. His long was three yards. You could, mm-hmm. you could lay down and, and, and almost equal, uh, e- e- equal that, uh, Jalen Warren, not much better, obviously five for, for 19. The only really kind of their, their longest rushing play, not quarterback, uh, related was, uh, uh, the Austin, uh, handoff on, 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 on what the jet sweep there, mm-hmm. uh, for, for 10 yards, you just, you're not, you, you know, this offense has got to have a running game and, and, uh, they're just, you're just not getting it consistently enough. How many tosses did they, did they even run any tosses yesterday? I'll have to check. I think they ran the Zorro toss once early in the game for a couple. I don't no, know. They tried to run the crunch. Right? They tried to run crunch a couple times, didn't they? Yeah, I think Rodney came down and whammed one time. Again, I'll have to check, kind of check the tape. I mean, nothing nothing works schematically. Right. I knew Jacksonville, they were, tough, they were tough run defense, but obviously mm-hmm. Pittsburgh needed more than than what they got. Right, and you know, it just goes back to just one explosive play in this game, and, and fortunately that was the, uh, the, the the touchdown for them. Uh, and in a, in, in a game where you're, you know, don't have the short fields to work on, you're asking this offense to go eight, nine, 10, 12 play, play drives. And, and they're, they're not built to do that period. But I mean, how, how do you have an NFL offense that can't be built to go eight plays, you know, just at least get you in range, flip a field, do something, you know, just occasionally, not even every single possession, obviously, but just, but just something more often in my frustration. I mean, there's a lot of frustration, but I mean, I I'll take Tomlin at his war before, before the all 22 comes out, the Pickens was kind of, you know, schemed out by Jacksonville. But you can't do something to get this guy more involved. I mean, just one catch the entire game. I mean, you've been using him on the backside a lot. That's how the touchdown came about to isolate him. 
you know, even though defenses want, want to try to take some of these guys away, you can't just lay down and accept that. You got to find right. some ways to more creatively get pickings to football. Really was not involved the entire first half, you know, targeted, I think, five times overall, just had the one catch. And so um, you got to be able to do more, I think, schematically. If there was kind of one schematic game plan critique, I think, again, execution is the majority of the issue in this game, but they got to find ways to give a, a talented guy like Pickens, who's coming off of two really strong games, more chances. And then he was asked, do you got to do you have to get George Pickens the ball? Yes. Well, why why didn't you yesterday? You know, figure figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, put it put him backside X more if 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 that's what it takes. You know. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, he said Tomlin said like, yeah, yeah, we want to get Pickens the ball, but I'm not that concerned about it. Other guys have to make plays. No, I, I'm concerned about it. That's one of your top guys. I mean, he he needs to be more involved than than he was. And I think overall in the season, he's been involved appropriately, especially whenever Deontay was out. But in this game, just one catch. And his only catch is the only you know real positive play of the game for your offense. How about that guy touches the ball more than mm-hmm. once? Mm-hmm. And look, yeah, I know he had that sideline one that didn't didn't count and all mm-hmm. like that, but it didn't count, you know. Right. Uh, but you know, uh, going back to kind of the way we started this thing, they they left some plays on the field uh, early in this game. Yeah, I mean that they did it well, last def- week. Against definitely, Durant. well, throughout the first half, really, you know, mm-hmm. o- o- overall there. So. Uh, uh, and then inopportune, you know, penalties at, at at the wrong time with the hold. What is up with this team and the cleats sometimes, especially, you know, Deontay's all, I, I wrote about that. I pointed that out on Twitter when, before Deontay was drafted about him and keeping his feet. So I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, a footing issue, but, uh, Chiquama, a core four was, uh, was, was, was getting slid back on the grass. TJ had a problem with some mm-hmm. footing, uh, off the edge more than a couple of times in this game. Uh, just, you know, Boswell slipped on the one kick. Boswell off. slipped and all, you know, they, and this is home field too. You know, they, they know mm-hmm. that, uh, they know what goes on there. They, rain was in the forecast. They knew it was going to be wet and all like that. I mean, that's just one other, I'm not blaming footing or field conditions mm-hmm. or weather on, 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 on any of this. And then, you know, obviously Deontay slipping in here, just some of these plays are there to be made that they're not making. And once again, you can argue, are there enough plays there to be made? Okay. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, there, uh, on a week to week basis, the answer to that's no, but on the plays that are there to be made, if you start making those, it would look a little bit better. Especially down down in the low red zone, especially early in the game where you hardly ever see this team attack the middle of the field vertically. You come out, you catch them with their pants around their ankles, and you can't convert that. And in this game in particular, I think there were enough plays to be made. The offense just did not make them. I mean, there were you could add probably 14 points in that first half if you just, just execute, do the routine mm-hmm. things routinely that Tomlin talks about. You know, be accurate, um, be on the same page, catch the football. That's it. That's basically it. I mean, that's all you have to do in this game. And you probably put up 14 points. So um, not much else to be said there on first down this year. Pittsburgh's averaging 4.4 yards per play. That's tied for 30th in the NFL. They've consistently been one of the worst, if not the worst, first down offense over the last three years over Matt Canada's tenure. Um, if you're not good on first down, not able to get yourself in third manageable, or hopefully avoid third down altogether. And this team can't convert on third down. It's all just kind of one big snowball, one big domino effect. And you get one of the worst offenses in football right now. Right. And at least if you're like, if you're the Giants and you have a crappy offense, you sit there and say, well, half our team is hurt. You know, we're out our tackles and Daniel Jones, who's not played well, but you know he's hurt. We're on DeVito. It was a Tommy DeVito, which sounds like a made up character, a man generated name in there. I mean, at least there's some excuses about why your offense is bad. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, with Johnson back. 
didn't have any significant injuries over. I mean, I, I know Pickett got hurt, but I mean, just generally on the season, they've not like lost half their team. It's not 2019 where you've just suffered every injury imaginable and just kind of in a worst case scenario. So, I mean, at least those teams kind of have the excuse of, of injuries that Pittsburgh, I don't think can, can adequately use. Right. I, w- I would agree there. And, uh, I mean, it goes back to what we said. I mean, is there, what is there to lead you to believe that is that it's going to get any better on the offensive side of football? I mean, nothing. I mean, you just you would think at some point they're going to be able to execute and things will align for at least a game, but it essentially hasn't. I mean, whatever you had kind of building against the Rams went out the window against the Jaguars on a short week against a pretty tough Titans defense. I mean, I mean, again, the plays are there, so hopefully at some point for again at least one game, one instance, they're going to connect. But can they do it consistently? Can you sustain? And and they cannot. Right. Well, they they did have the uh, Calvin Austin did draw that pass interference in the game. Uh, was that the same play they've been they tried to run earlier earlier in the season? The that, post, the shallow cross, yeah. or the post. I'll have to check. It didn't feel like it, but I, I didn't get a good read watching it live. Yeah, I haven't seen, and obviously you haven't seen all twenty two yet on that and all, but. Uh, Anyway, I mean, I'll tell you this, one explosive play, even three explosive plays a game, unless you're getting short fields to work on or whatnot, that, that that's not going to cut it, you know. Sure. Uh, Same with the run game. You're leading, right. quote unquote, leading rushers 19 yards. Not going right. to win. Pittsburgh's not going to win that way. Right, right. So, I mean, again, I know that everybody knows this that's, that's listening to this conversation, but there really isn't anything else to be said right now. There's no magical, mystical reason for this game. They just flat out did not, did not execute. Yeah, I thought offensive line, you know, meh. What once again, overall, uh, obviously not good enough in the running game, and that's that's where it really really counts. I think uh, where they miss. I thought pass protection as a whole was, you know, okay, uh, but uh, you know they they just they didn't certainly didn't have the same get off uh, get off to the second level and all like that that they had against the Rams. Uh, there trying to think out uh, who's whose performance once again De- uh, Deontay had a very you know got off to a very very rough start at least he did kind of even out as the game went on but I mean what I mean that that's it when you talk about performance right I mean Kenny had a you know put together what seven of nine or something on on in in that second quarter so uh, there was a little glimmer there as far as him moving to football a little bit but one of the one of the incompletions was was when they needed it the most in the end zone there. So how, how good, it, how good was it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mitch was able to put, put together that one drive, uh, obviously uh, there, but uh, there, there just wasn't a lot to talk about positive uh, when, when it came to the offense. Again. Sure. When you, when you score 10 points and have the numbers that they had, there's not much to talk about, but just again, to go back to briefly, just, you know, even getting off the Rudolph point, Trubisky, if he's your starter for Thursday, then he's got to take care of the football. I mean, and, and can he do that? Can you trust him to consistently do that? A, that's going to require your run game's going to have to be really strong. You know, when Trubisky did play, a, I think, a solid game in relief of Pickett or starting for Pickett against Carolina last year, they ran the ball 45 times. They ran the ball, you know, effectively enough or Trubisky threw the ball 22 times, didn't really have to do much in that game. Pittsburgh's going to have to run the ball, you know, really well, like the Rams game against Tennessee and the Titans have a good front. They got a couple of really good D tackles and Simmons and Autry. And that's going to be just a, a big challenge for this team. Man, a check down to a running back for five yards. Looks like a Ritz cracker at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think they got to utilize the backs more when given the opportunity to, uh, you've got to do something to, 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 to make these, uh, 
two highs come down. Yeah, you do. I mean, that, that starts with running the football effectively, but can you run, you know, some more design stuff for, for these backs? Harrison Warren are talented out of the backfield. About the RPO games, still really not seeing any of that, especially passes in, in the RPO uh, on, on those play calls. So just kind of a, a lot missing from that aspect. All right. Anybody else stick out on offense? Not really. Uh, I mean, not, not really kind of much talk to talk about. about. Yeah, I mean, again, half these guys are just kind of, you know, from a receiver standpoint, just running around, just running empty routes, whether it's, I mean, Hayward caught a couple, but Jacksonville gave him every single reception, just right. let him catch a couple underneath stuff. Um, you know, Rodney Williams, you know, maybe a mischance there, Darnell. Why did Washington only play 10 plays? I know Tomlin, I was asked about that, said game circumstance, but I'm not sure what about game circumstance led it where Washington could only see 10 snaps. They did try to give Broderick Jones some. We, we had talked right. about, can you get him in there as eligible or anything like that? He got on the field five times uh, in, in, in this game doing that, but uh, that, that didn't really amount mm-hmm. to, to anything. Well, uh, couple, how many snaps do you play in, in relief of Dan Moore? One or two? At least one, maybe two. Yeah. When uh, so, so only like three, three or four times other than that, was he on the field in, in, in an eligible type situation? Dan Moore didn't have a great game, uh, overall. Uh, uh, I think Cole gave up a sack. I think, uh, Chiquama Corfor gave up a sack, uh, in, 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 in this one, you know, or a handful of pressures by, I think, uh, Dan Moore about three three pressures on you know on on the day on this so yeah it just it wasn't pretty. All right, flipping over to the defense here, it was, it was prettier. Um, three takeaways, Joel Jackson with the twenty points. Uh, you know, first half overall, holding a bunch of field goals. I mean, it, it's hard to be mad about the defensive performance. There were some things to clean up, I think, especially in the second half of that game. But you know, I thought Pittsburgh's defense stood as tall as you could expect and, and did everything they could to kind of play the game of keep the score down, make it close in the fourth quarter. It was 17-10 with you know, 10 minutes left. I mean, it's 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 anybody's game at that point. Pittsburgh had the ball offensively, um, so it's hard to be, be mad at the performance, but there's still things for us to talk about and probably uh, critique. Yeah, look, uh, they, they still, once again, they let uh, they let the Jaguars move the football down inside in, inside their own you know, 32 or what, 34, whatever I said it was in there. So, uh, uh, you're keeping your defense on the field and a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of unnecessary time in that. Yeah. They ended up getting the turnovers and, 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 and kept the score down, but there's still, there's still some cleaning up within that. Sure. I mean, uh, the Jaguars had 11 drives, eight of them were six plays or more. And so they were able to at least flip the field if they weren't uh, able to come away with points and, you know, Pittsburgh got their turnovers. And I, I know that's Tomlin's point of, yeah, they got three takeaways, but what two of them came on, you know, deep in Pittsburgh territory. So it's not creating the short field, which is ideally what you want for your offense, but still takeaways are takeaways. The mm-hmm. score gets kept down. I mean, again, it's hard to be too upset at that. Now, again, I think run defense, you know, wasn't, wasn't awful, but you know, they allow another hundred yard team. They've allowed a hundred yard rushing uh, teams in what I think six of those seven games or, um, whatever the stat is, it's, it's been, I think everybody, but the Raiders game so far. Um, and then you allow the big touchdown to ETN on a coverage bust, you know, Casey coming in, I thought he was just too aggressive overall in this game. You really miss Minka Fitzpatrick. It forces Miles Killebrew to play in dime and he gets picked on. Jane Sullivan gets picked on. Just don't have the dudes out there to make those kind of plays. Right. I thought Joey Porter Jr. played well. And, and as Mike Tomlin said today, he's done enough to be the starter. So I think we've seen the last time of Joey Porter, not starting, Barring injury, at least we better have uh, at, 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 at this point here. Uh, 
Uh, he played well. I thought I thought Pierre overall represented himself uh, well in this game. Although I, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to get in a situation where you know you're having to play him a lot. But with if if uh, if uh, Levi Wallace is, you know, what what Mike Tomlin didn't sound too confident that Levi Wallace would be back this week, and if he is, I mean, he's already. You know, who, who, who plays opposite, to, you know, uh, 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 Joey Porter at this point. Is, I think that, Peterson does. Yeah, prob- probably Peterson. But uh, uh, and then, you know, the, the, the play on the big touchdown there. I, I don't know what what Casey was thinking on that, what he saw. Yeah, Tomlin called the miscommunication. I know Porter said post game he's got to be better with his eyes, but I'm pretty confident that's cover two. The yeah. Jaguars said it was cover two. I mean, I don't see anything otherwise that would tell me that that's Porter's responsibility. The deep third there um, that happened to Casey twice. He gave up that, that catch to Ridley early in the game where it didn't burn him for a long touchdown, but he was aggressive, totally missed the tackle, did not did not make a play of the football. And yeah, I mean, what I think happened was on the touchdown was the Jacksonville was out and empty earlier throughout that game. And, and when you're an empty, usually the ball is going to come out pretty quick. you got fewer guys in protection. Lawrence has one of the quickest release times in football, and they've been throwing it short you know, throughout that game and probably on tape coming into that game. And so I bet you Casey just thought, well, they're going to throw short number two on the little stick route again, and, and I'm going to try to rally. And I think Lawrence said that's the first time he's really ever even thrown it to ETN on, on the vertical. So it's kind of something they just haven't done before, but obviously got to look there. You still have to have your responsibility if you're Casey. He did not, and you screw up your assignment, offenses will make you pay. If you gotta if you're gonna gamble, you better be right. Yeah, you know? that's for sure. And he was and wrong in he this. He was one. wrong and, and yeah. uh, costly, costly play uh at, at that point. Just a quick sidebar here, uh minorly relevant to the Steelers later the season for week seventeen, but the Giants are trading Leonard Williams to the Seattle Seahawks, getting back a second round pick and a 2025 fifth round pick. So trade deadline time is upon us, and that might be the biggest deal that takes place here. Uh, hopefully the Steelers are still relevant when that game <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> uh, rolls around uh, there. Uh, all right, uh, what else on the defensive side? Uh, you know, one thing that stuck out on the TV tape once again, my, my, uh, Montrevious Adams getting off the ball real good. Uh, mm-hmm. he really has his, his get off really is good, uh, now. So there, there is that aspect of it, uh, uh, limited snaps again for Nick Herbig, but, uh, he made an impact ripping that football out. Good on him. Uh, felt like, felt like Quan. it'd be interesting to look at the, uh, end zone view on, on Quan if he's guessing on some of those gaps and all like that. I wonder how much of that run game. Uh, that that the Jaguars got might might have been on him. I thought as a whole the inside linebackers played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Ingram heated up in that second half. They 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 finally figured out they could get uh, a few of those line of, of uh, Ingram you know matched up on some of those linebackers and they won uh, a, a couple of those. In, in, didn't didn't most of Ingram's catches come or key catches come in the second half uh, in in that game? And and yeah. look, you know, you know, one thing I was worried about was Trevor Lawrence taking off with the football in this game. Well, he only had uh, one for ten yards, so I guess they did a good job on that. Another thing I was worried about coming into this game is ETN on the edges, and although he didn't blister him, I didn't think around the end he had enough good runs kind of out outside the guards to kind of keep him on. Uh, uh, you know, uh, on, on schedule a couple of times there. And then obviously, you know, we talked about 
uh, in the show the other day. And uh, man, they, they love to live on the edges there. And that big play to ETN obviously came on the extreme outside edge uh, there uh, overall. So uh, uh, I think, I think Lawrence did a good job of taking what the Steelers were giving them and especially mm-hmm. on third down uh, a, 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 as we talked about. Yeah, the inside backers have not played well. Cole Holcomb might have been the best stealer out there on Sunday. I thought he was all over the place, recovered the fumble, um, had a couple of you know key tackles and, and, and key stops against the pass and against the run. I thought Ingram, I'll have to go back and check, but I think he was making more plays against the secondary. You know, he had the long catch on, on Keanu Neal. I think he caught no, one he on had Peterson. one on Cole, I think, though. Didn't he in yeah. the second half? I think on a little option route. Yeah. Um, But nothing explosive. I mean, the 34 yarder came on Neil. I think it was a third down conversion. I want to say that was Stan Grimm against Patrick Peterson, Um, but he got hot in the second half, like you said, and and kind of made some big plays for them to kind of help seal that game away. Um, How about the outside linebackers, you know, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, really, I mean, you know, some impact, I think a half sack each for, for them in this one, but um, not anything game changing. I think, you know, as we talked about the Steelers offense doesn't allow uh, star defensive players to write headlines. Watt and Highsmith not writing headlines of this game. And I think you pointed out that what only one snap on the other side for TJ Watt in this game. I, I don't, I didn't that, see, I didn't see any. any. Uh, I think what, my charting has zero on the other side. For, okay. For yeah. I didn't see any in the TV tape uh, uh, in, in the run through. So I was waiting for you to tell me whether or not he got one on the other side. Yeah. The only difference was in their overfront. I think there was one or two snaps of Watt playing uh, in the A gap, which is, which isn't anything really unique right. or special or, or to, to Watt. It's just their overfront that they'll uh, occasionally run against, you know, 12, 13 personnel. So again, I'm not too mad about the lack of movement for Watt. Um, but yeah, I just want to note that because it was talked about and what kind of tease I'm going to do it more and did not do it once in this game. Did you put the movement of the football more in the secondary in this game? You have to. Yeah, I would say so overall. I mean, again, I think the run defense, you know, needs to be better, but it wasn't wasn't the killer in this game. Um, it was and, the pass they, game. What did they blend? They tried to pressure quite a bit in this game. Oh, yeah. Again, I think they're sending the green dogs a lot with the linebackers that come in if the back stay in to protect. Uh, they run some nickel blitzes. Their nickel blitzes are totally inept, though. They can't they can't get pressure with, with Sullivan or, or I don't know if Peterson blitz in this game, but uh, those really are not effective. Neil had the pressure, but then, of course, got the penalty on on right. his blitz attempt. So, um, yeah, the pressure. I mean, it was, you know, decent. And, and Landon Roberts had a sack and a half. So kudos to him again. The inside back was overall, I thought, you know, played pretty well. Um, so I then they got some pressure, but it, it didn't feel like they were really harassing Trevor right. Lawrence. You know, it didn't feel like it was this consistent siege and was really rattling the guy and Lawrence able to make those plays back. Right. And once again, he was, he was money on third down, at least getting the football out, getting it completed. Obviously not all of them completed for first down. So they were able to get off third downs in, in some key situations there, which helped keep the score down. Cause a lot of those third downs that they got off on were deep, deep down in their own end. Right. But even I think on their first field goal or second field goal, they were in like third and, 21 i believe and they get a check down to ingram and he gets like 15 yards back right. that puts him in range to make it so yeah that's not a conversion but it, it puts you in the range and got you the field goal so i mean you know how do you defend that if you're defense you obviously don't want to allow the first down i mean that, that's a tricky spot but even those lack of conversions still i thought had a positive benefit for jacksonville uh rough you know casey obviously had the uh interception but a rough game for him overall yeah, I mean, Mink is out this week. What do you do? I mean, you got you got a secondary safety group that is not at the level what it needs to be. I mean, Casey can make some plays, but I think he's been just over aggressive overall. Neil is a very hyper specific, you know, line of scrimmage type of dude. Yeah, Killebrew out and dime. I know Tomlin said he had no concerns about Killebrew. I have some concerns about Killebrew defensively. Mm-hmm. Special teams love the guy. He's an ace, solid dude. 
all that. But I mean, that's a guy that when he's on the field and those money downs, third downs, you go after. When you see Chandon Sullivan, you go after that kind of guy. So you can imagine the Titans are going to say the same thing uh, come Thursday. Yep. Yep. If they, uh, one time he just let uh, on that one, uh, well, it was the one that uh, Neil came on pressure, right? Wasn't it? Uh, he just let, it the, let the guy run right past yeah. him. All right. It's the even you're leaving. He's even, he's leaving and Killebrew does not have the speed to catch up on the seam. So yeah, it just was late to open his hips and turn and run and give I'm, up that uh, play down the scene. I mean, do you, you need to maybe think about Riley, don't you? Right. I was thinking that. Why is Riley not getting to have Riley seemed to have fallen completely out of favor. Right. Like he was in the mix in the summer nickel competition. I mean, the guys, you know, barely played this year. I mean, at least you get a, and, and look, uh, 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 he, he, he'll give you killer brews. How many snaps has killer brew played on defense in the last <laughs> five, even before he came to the Steelers, you know? Yeah, I think he played some in Detroit. I think Tomlin made a comment about that. Um, yeah, he started four games for Detroit. I don't know how many defensive snaps that is. He played 353 back in 2017, but we're a long ways away from 2017. Right. Uh, since then, he's played no more than 86 snaps and defensively in any one season. Yeah, I might consider seeing giving Riley a look. I mean, he's more athletic. Athletic. He's right. a more natural cover guy. He was a cornerback at Army, so you think that would be somebody you would want would want out there? Um, he's got some size, so I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure what the uh, reason is for Killebrew to be out there over Riley. Right. Uh, anything else here to add, Dave? I'm kind of running out of some stuff here defensively to talk about uh, from this game. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Keanu Benton was in as impactful uh, uh, in this game. Uh, he did have the pressure, I think, on the Lawrence interception. It was kind of good okay. coverage, but I think it was Benton that got in there and kind of helped force that one out. And I think Armand Watts, it would have been nice for him to get the sack on that one that uh, uh, Lawrence took off with for, 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 for 10 yards there. Laudermilk played a handful of snaps. Um, just want to note that because he did not play against the Rams. So I think he might worth. be. I think he might be safe when uh, when hey because yeah. uh, Fahoko was inactive again. So uh, I have a feeling that and look, they're 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 on a 51, 50, uh, two man roster right now. So if they if they do indeed activate both uh, McFarland and Cam Hayward, they obviously have a spot open for one of those guys. I would. I mean, I guess, and and will they need to promote or will Mika go? I, who knows uh, what what this will look like? But I I, I kind of if if they long story short, if they have to dump an off uh, defensive lineman at this point, I have a feeling that that it might be Fahoko, and then then hope that he circles back to the uh, uh, practice squad, which shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, Pittsburgh trying to run some four defensive linemen, some four four uh, sets in this one to try to you know really play the run harder. Uh, I think success has been. Okay. Um, they tried to stem the front. Actually, Ogunjobi went offside. So the one time they tried to stem the front, they tried to get Jacksonville to jump. And Ogunjobi's the guy that, that moved. That was kind of a, a funny moment. Ogunjobi dropping the coverage twice. That was interesting. Oh. You'll see that on the old 22. There's uh, two two drops from him. Um, you know, not, not It wasn't a fire zone, but just uh, something different wrinkle in the scheme there. All right. And uh, anything else on our defensive side that stuck out to you when going through the chart? No, uh, I'll probably have to go back and, and check some of the charting and check some of the tape overall. But uh, yeah, Peterson, a lot of right corner snaps. I mean, if Wallace comes back, then maybe you get Peterson back to playing nickel, kind of a bit more of the role that he had against the Rams, where he kind of was playing inside and kind of being used more, uh, u- utilizing his versatility more often. But I'm not sure how they're going to judge things um, whenever Wallace is healthy. I don't I don't think we learned these folks much today. <laughs> no, special teams, Harvin, I know. Tom made the comment there was that one bad punt to start. 
uh, for Harvin that went like 40 yards out of bounds. Boswell, I, I was, you know, obviously bummed about the penalty in, in the miss, but that's Boz's first miss of the season. What a crappy way to get your first miss, 61 yards when you just nailed a 56-yarder in the rain in Pittsburgh. And you got to do it again, and, and that kick had no chance. So sucks for Boz to, uh, to have his first miss come that way. I agree. Special teams is way down the list right now <laughs> sure. of, of why this team is dumping these games. But they yeah. are, look, I guess we should paint some sunshine here. And that's the fact that this team is four and three still in a very feels like Matt NFL uh, bunch at this point. And if you could somehow get this thing together over these next two, two weeks and beat Tennessee and beat Green Bay, uh, then you have two division. Boy, how key will those divisional games be then? I mean, not not that they're not already ones that you circle anyway, but you get uh, uh, Tennessee and Green Bay, and it does kind of feel now that after losing to the Jaguars, this was a winnable game against the Jaguars. All said and done, right? Sure. Again, it was seventeen ten with ten minutes left. I mean, you're in that game. All right. So you you, you lose this game to the Jaguars and. You know, of 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 these three, talking about the Jaguars, the Titans, and, and and the Packers before any of these injuries and whatnot took place, you'd probably say which one were they more likely to lose? I think everybody would have circled the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, so with that, you better it, it it does feel like these next two you better have, especially with uh, you know the odds of you probably sweeping both. Cleveland or who knows what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson by that time. I think they're, they're kind of thinking he might be back, but mm -hmm. since Cincinnati's obviously playing a uh, good ball at this point. So, I mean, it looking at it just with, with the glass half full and I know that's hard to do. I mean, they are four and three and if they could get two more wins here in these next two, at least there'll be some optimism that maybe they can, make some sort of run here. And then you look at the back end of the schedule. I don't even want to go that far because we all yeah. know how injuries can shape this thing on a week to week, week basis here, but uh, they are four and three. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, they're still hanging around, but don't look now. Baltimore's what six and two. I mean, I know that, you know, Pittsburgh beat them, but they're going to have a rematch to be played in week 18 and Baltimore starting to create separation in the division and Cleveland's four and three and Cincinnati's now four and three. And so, yeah, you know, Pittsburgh's two, two and oh in the North and, and that's going to be really important and, 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 you know, helpful, but this division, you know, the Ravens are pulling away and it's really tightened up from the bottom. And then, oh, yeah, you get uh, to play the Titans who uh, found this quarterback uh, uh, of, of theirs that they drafted. Will Levis had a hell of a damn game. And uh, Hopkins, uh, Mike Thomas said he's always De DeAndre. He's always open and he sure seemed to be always open uh, in the highlights from from that game uh, yesterday. So but you you do get a rookie quarterback and, and the Steelers generally are, 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 are usually pretty good, although they weren't earlier in the season against the rookie quarterback uh, in, in Houston there. Uh, just win the next two, however you got. <laughs> Put the smoke and mirrors back in place. You know. Yeah, well, we'll take the smoke and mirrors. Uh, Will yeah. Levis, uh, second quarterback in NFL history to throw four touchdowns in his uh, first career game. Do you know the other, Dave? I don't know if the stat's out there, but I, I looked it up today. Say the stat again. Will Levis, the second quarterback in NFL history to throw four touchdowns in his first career game. Who is the other? It's a relatively recent name. It's not going to be Jim Bob O'Hanahan from 1940. Mm. I promise you that. It's it's a relatively recent name, a, a name that you're going to know the second that I that I say it. I'm drawing a blank. 
Marcus Mariota, also oh. of the Titans. Two Titans quarterbacks have done it back in 2015. How so about that? Little, little fun fact, little stats of the weird for you guys. Even stats of the weird for me, for me today was like hard. Like, what do you do with like at this point? It's the same stats, you know? Um, but yeah, Will Levis, uh, a really good debut. And Henry went for a 101 and they beat the, the Falcons. So yeah, don't take the Titans for granted. And the thing that's on the road, and that's yeah. a tough road, you know, tough turnaround the road there. Yeah. No, uh, well, they're they're at home against the Titans. Are they? Are they at home? Oh yeah, they are at home. Why did I think they were on the road? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're at at home because they're playing three games in a row at home, right? Right. Green Bay, game. right? Yeah, my bad, my bad. On that. I don't know. I was thinking that they were uh, the road team in this one. Uh, real quick, Dave. Uh, any any thoughts on the post game celebration comments from the Jacks players, Wingard and Jenkins taking their shots at Pickens, the Jaguars Twitter account trolling Pickens. Pretty good. Any any thoughts there? Hey, why not? Yeah, I have no problem with it. Uh, you don't want the guy celebrating in the end zone. Don't let him in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, no. you talk a little trash and that's fine. I mean, I get it. Um, but if you're going to do it, you got to back it up. And if you don't, if you lose, then they're going to talk trash and to the winner go the spoils. So hopefully this week, we, hopefully with this being a short week, they won't get it. The Steelers won't get an opportunity to trash talk all that much. But uh, yeah, look, I, I don't, I don't blame, uh, I don't blame them, them Jacksonville players for, for, I wouldn't have messed with a terrible towel. Uh, True. I don't think I would have done that, but, uh, everything else that they did, uh, yeah, the, look, they were hyped up. Yeah, they were. So that's, uh, just, uh, been a takeaway of this. There's going to be some more fines to write about here pretty soon. There's going to be a bunch of them. I think for the student, are they going to get, uh, well, Hey, let's talk real quickly about, uh, Jalen Warren getting fined for that, uh, for that block against the Rams. Yeah. I mean. I mean, go have a whole discussion about this. It's happened to him. He's playing for free this year, Dave. I mean, this guy's <laughs> been fine. Second time this year, he's been fined 48K, which I think is literally two game checks for him. Um, I, I know they're trying to legislate taking your head out of some of these blocks, but I, and I know he'll probably get it taken down on appeal. And, you know, they have a system where it kind of becomes relative to, to your salary. Sure, but right. still, I mean, I think it's a weird system, weird principle. And I don't know, man. I just think it's been excessive by the NFL. My first question after going through the TV tape last night, is he going to get another one for that block on the sack? I'll have to look, but maybe if he ducked his head and there was contact, that's what they've been getting them for. And what are uh, Deontay's going to get a FedEx? Oh, we know that's uh, going to be probably a big fine. I mean, he went really not even just the refs suck, but like the refs, they're, you know, basically on, implying on the they take. were rigging the game. Yeah, that they were, you know, working this game in the Jaguars' favor. So I don't know what if there's a system the way that there is for the Warren fines in place for for criticizing the officials. But I imagine Deontay is going to get fined a whole lot of money for that one. Yeah, I bet he will too. And I was it Neil or Casey had a another. Was it Neil got one this past week right against the Rams? Was it him? No, Casey did. Casey he got lowered him. his head over the middle. Uh, one of the two. Had kind of a, I wonder if they're going to get fined in this game against the Jaguars. Or anyway, that uh, we're definitely going to be writing about some fines when we get to Saturday. Yeah, and who knows what they might pick up in the Thursday game? So it might be, you know, I know that won't get announced until the following Saturday. But anyway, any other final thoughts here, Dave? Anything else from Tomlin? Anything else from Tomlin's presser that you wanted to uh, to address? No, not overall. Just you know, they they haven't been great pressers for him this year. Yeah, I, mean, I think the last two have been typical Tomlin. I thought the kind of ones before were a bit rougher, but none of it really matters. The results are all that matters, and the results in this Jaguars game is obviously poor. All right.
All right, Dave, uh, we have time here for maybe a couple of quick emails, some some vent sessions probably coming off this Jags loss. Yeah, I think we got some angry people in here. All right. uh, Hank writes in, I got to say, I'm as down on the Steelers as I've ever been. Feels like we are stuck in a rut of mediocrity with no path out. We have an old defense that is good, not great, a bottom three offense in the league and no evidence. Our first round quarterback has anything more than journeyman uh, level upside. Is there anything you've seen from the team that gives you hope for the near future? I guess the only thing I can cling to is the turnaround some teams have had with new coaches or coordinators. I'll tell you this, just short. Uh, look, so these so these rookies are playing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, there's that. Uh, as far as anything else short term, there's, there's not a lot to grasp onto right now, I don't think. No, I mean, again, they are four and three and they have found ways to win. They're two and oh in the north. And so this thing's still open for them. They can still, you know, rip off a couple of wins here, as you said, against the Titans, the Packers, and you know, you're feeling a lot better about the course of the season. So I'm not trying to uh throw in the towel on the year. Um, but obviously this team I think has some short and really some long term problems as well. I mean, the Steelers are a team that 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 you know, by the middle of every season, you generally has you pretty exhausted anyway, <laughs> but they really have you exhausted at, you know, at, at, you, you just go into it wondering, okay, uh, how bad, you know, how bad is it going to look in a loss or how in the world are they going to find out a way to win this? Exactly. I guess my concern it more of a longer term one, but it applies to the here and now is how does this offense get better? I mean, we yeah. just say the same stuff every week and they tried different people and personnel over the years and it just it, it's getting worse. Actually, they're actually going backwards in terms of points per game and some of those other measures, um, which is alarming. Frank. Leal writes in, in his post-game presser, Mike said something like the beginning of the games don't have an impact on how the game ends. I was wondering, I was just wondering if I'm alone in thinking how bad the offense is at, at, at the beginning. No, you're not the only one, uh, <laughs> Frank. Uh, didn't get a first down till I believe, four minutes into the second quarter. The defense is on the field for the majority, majority of the first and some into the second. That has to impact the defense towards the end of the game. They have to be tired. So how the offense performs early does impact the Steelers' defense late, right? Yeah, look, good point, Frank. You know, uh, that's yet another reason of how maybe it doesn't impact the game on the scoreboard, but just on a on a on a attrition level, maybe uh, there uh, extend some of these drives, keep that defense off the field, help them out a little bit. Uh, there, your best defense is one that stays on the sideline anyway, regardless of how good your defense is. So we uh, we 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 got on Tomlin earlier in the show for for uh, look. I mean, a lot of things can obviously happen over a course of the game, but I mean it it now now you're just excusing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that answer from Tomlin was acceptable. And the defense, you know, has to get their stops too, especially early in games. And there's been situations over the course of the season where it's not been that they're tired or that the offense put them right back out on the field. But I think that was a factor in this game. Let me read over the drive lengths that Pittsburgh had on their 12 possessions, Dave. 57 seconds, a minute 24, a minute 27, a minute 48, 616, 104, 125, 215, 412, 54 seconds, 210, 
in 152. So of the 12, I can't even go to the bathroom. Oh, oh, <laughs> I can't even go to the bathroom. Uh, uh, get it done in some of those times. Oh man, yeah. Dave. So what is that? Uh, 10 of the 12 possessions were 215 time of possession or worse. Only two of them were above two minutes and in, in, in 15 seconds. I mean, that is just, I mean, that's just brutal. I mean, there's no other way around that. I'm going to have to start. I'm ready for depends. Yeah, you can't blink. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, get a drink or punting by the time that you come back. So, I mean, that, that I think is certainly a factor in this one. Uh, Austin writes in, want to get your thoughts, theory of mine about the current state of the Steelers. I say this mostly tongue in cheek, but did Mike Tomlin make a deal with the devil in 2018 to get Duck Hodges and Rudolph to 500? Since that time, the Steelers have only ever won games the same way they did that season. Putrid, pathetic, abysmal offense that mostly is just focused on not turning the ball over getting mass, massive sp- splash plays from the defense to keep them in the game and hope Ben or Kenny can lead a big drive late late in the game. Uh, again, deal with the devil's tongue-in-cheek, but it seems like Tomlin's philosophy does seem to have changed his approach since that season with Duck and Mason. And sure, some of it's uh, roster construction and the team having more talent on defense, but this is a four-season span. Uh, blah blah blah. I remember Dave calling his team "smoking mirror Steelers." Yeah, they're they're the smoking. There's they're the they're, they're the Pittsburgh smoking mirror rock throwers. Uh, it's a long title there, but um, C- yeah, C- CBS even used that at halftime. Called them rock throwers. Uh, I, of course, I got it from uh, uh, Long uh, on on his podcast, but it uh, uh, it, it it just feels like they're comfortable with just hey, just let us hang around. You know, play the hang around game. Yeah, I mean, I've had the stat over Tomlin's entire tenure that, you know, Pittsburgh has always uh, been among the most successful teams in those one possession games. But it does feel like the only way in which they win games over the last, you know, definitely the last two seasons, two seasons, but even in in 2021. So, um, yeah, I mean, their their model is not to score a bunch of points. Their model is to keep the score down, um, bend but don't break defense, create some splash and hope your offense wins in the last five minutes. So. With that model comes a lot of close competitive games. Colin writes in, I think uh, of all upsetting things coming out of the game yesterday, the most upsetting of all is the Minka injury. Now this may be my tenfold hat speaking, but do you think it's plausible Patrick Peterson sees snaps at free safety with his speed gone? I think it could be a consideration, he says. He's a vet, high football IQ, and Miles Killebrew on defense hurts to see. What say ends? Keep up the great work, best in the biz. Thanks, Colin. Uh, I, I mean, if you put him in safety, he's going to play corner. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's my thought, too. I know Tom was asked about that today and just kind of gave a generic answer. So, I mean, if, if Wallace is out there and if he's going to play, then that may allow Peterson to do some more uh, post-snap rotation and, and dime package type stuff um, to kind of get some safety looks. But I don't expect Peterson to really be uh fuller time or kind of true safety uh, player for this defense. All right, let's take one more. Nick Shuley writes in, I hate to be negative here, but with the injury bug continuing to bite and the Steelers' ancient model of keep the score down and get lucky with turnovers, I'm struggling to see a path for this team to win more than eight games. They have zero consistency or rhythm on offense. Despite all the spending they did to reboot the offensive line, this unit can't seem to get things going and protect the quarterback or give the back rooms room to run. How can Coach Tomlin... Uh, and company uh, honestly think they can string together wins and compete like this. I mean, you know, a lot of what we we talked about. I mean, uh, it. I mean, 
when the smoke and mirrors clear, I I won't be stunned if this is another nine and eight team. But you know, for for Tomlin put put on a put put that nine with mm-hmm. his nine and eight trophy collection. But in the same breath, depending on what happens in this next two two games, they could be eight and nine. Yeah, I mean, the answer to how do you see this team getting more than eight wins is they do it every single season or almost every single season, especially the last uh, you know handful of them despite terrible circumstances. So I, I think it's still plausible that they're a nine-win team because I think that model still allows them to be close and compete in games late, and they traditionally do well in those situations. Um, the schedule isn't necessarily overwhelmingly terrible and, and might get healthier with Kim Haywood returning, Pat Frymuth in a couple of weeks etc um but you know what is there beyond that what is you know are you i think best case is wild card one and done you know same old same old for this team i think it's kind of how they built this thing to be that high four low ceiling type of team that just hangs around and and gets to the finish line of the season but not much more beyond that yeah this definitely isn't the team that i envisioned uh at, at the start of the season that's for sure yeah, I mean, I had him a ten and seven wild card, maybe nine and eight wild card, maybe wild card is, is the the better projection right now. But I, I bit, I bit, I bit too hard on the preseason uh, on those fifteen plays, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but they look good. They did look good. Um, they don't look, they don't look good anymore. <laughs> All right, uh, sorry if we didn't. Uh, there's there's several more in here. We're, we we just and and it's not like we're going to be all that informative at this point, still waiting on the all 22 and all and got to get to that. So hopefully when we get to Wednesday, uh, we will have a little bit more from the all 22 to talk about, obviously preparing for the Titans at the same time is going to make it a rough week on us. We hope to have a Titans beat writer on, on the Wednesday show and, and start working, uh, towards that, uh, pay attention to steedersdepot.com for some film rooms, obviously Alex and I on Twitter, me at on Twitter at, uh, uh, Steeders Depot, Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. If you, uh, like the show and want to donate steedersdepot.com, hit the donate button. If you like uh, to get an ad-free version, steedersdepot.com, hit the ad-free button. Uh, also, send all your emails to the terrible podcast at gmail.com. We'll try to get to as many of them uh, as we can uh, possible. So uh, we're going to wrap it up a little bit on the short end uh, today on this Monday so we can get after some tape and all. So as always, thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.